welcome everyone to BBB, Books, Bevs, and Babes, an irreverent virtual book club with two book-loving brown girls. I am Shia. And I'm Jenica, and this week we'll be reviewing The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sengyu Mandana. Hmm. So you gave a little flavor last time. I did not, um, I did not give it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Did you do some research on the author? I think you showed me her Instagram. Uh, yeah, I did research her Instagram. <laughs> and then based on her picture, I then went down the rabbit hole and wanted to know how old she was. Huh. And just little tidbit of knowledge is that she lives in England and I think she's 21 years old. Holy shit. Like something in her serious? 20s. Yeah, she looked really yeah. young in that page. Okay. Yeah, so something in her 20s. Good for but her. She, I know. and But sh- since she was four, she's been like developing stories. Oh my and God. I mean, obviously she didn't begin writing, but she was starting to get really creative with her stories. And then she, you know, put it to pen and paper. Good and for her. There she goes. She and she has a couple of books, I, like five or six books that she's written and published. Mm, good for her. It's pretty cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, so the beverage pairing had to be tea. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, hopefully you guys have read the book. It is, um, it's, of course, tea is the beverage men- mentioned over and over. They're in England. Like, of course, <laughs> it's like a part of the, part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I am drinking a mixed berry and ginger loose leaf. Um, tea from Trader Joe's. Ooh, yeah. Sounds really good. It's How herbal. does it taste? It's, let me take a little sip here. I have a very fancy um, teacup. Mmm. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like, it's, it's late right now when we're recording. Like, I like a, like a dark, like a, like a black tea with caffeine in it. Like, that's my mm. preference. Like, I, I love an English breakfast. I'm not really a tea person. Um, I prefer coffee. Um, but I, I do have some tea. It's just a passion fruit tea, and it's decaf. Because if I drink tea that's caffeinated, I will mm-hmm. be up all night and mm-hmm. never go to sleep. Well, so. this is interesting that you that's don't like tea drinking. because you are Indian. And I also don't love tea because that's interesting because I'm Iranian and tea is also like a huge part of our culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I actually prefer like an English breakfast tea over Persian tea. I'm sorry. Sorry oh, really? to everyone who's Iranian. Yeah, I do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think it's because I've, like, have you had it before? I, I've had Turkish tea. Okay. I don't think I've had Iranian tea. Yeah. Persian tea is like, it has like a little cardamom flavor, um, which I don't particularly love because the only sweets we had growing up were like rose water or cardamom, cardamom flavor, which like right now the hips, the hipsters love that shit. Like they, I know. anything rose, rose flavored or cardamom flavored is like, like peak gourmet. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, I couldn't have anything in my house that was just chocolate. Could I just have a fucking chocolate ice cream no it was rose and pistachio and cardamom flavored which sounds actually lovely right same same is that in same Indian yeah. culture same thing yeah oh my god but I like those flavors I uh, actually yeah. still like them I was traumatized by it because please I just can I just have vanilla no one time we had like my mom had gone to the Persian store and she had brought back cotton candy and oh. I was so excited, and I was like, oh, my gosh, here's my chance. And I tasted the cotton candy. It tasted like rose water. Like, <laughs> could I not just have know, some cotton candy? I've never had cotton candy still are to you, this day. Are you kidding me? I've oh never God. had it. Jenny, I've, that I've, is insane. I fed it to my kids, I think, twice in And you never life, tasted it? I never wanted to taste it. I don't know. It just, like, it just kind of in grosses your mouth. me. It, just, it grosses me out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't particularly crave it, but it's funny that you've never had it. I will have to I've give you some. We're going to go, oh, the next time we're at the medieval fair, I will there find some cotton candy. Cotton candy. <laughs> I don't know how medieval that is. Okay, anyway, back to tea. It's funny <laughs> that you don't drink it. I will be sipping this because um, it's herbal and it's fine. Um, but it does feel cozy, right? And that really, um, that was really like the feeling I got while reading this book. This was like a very cozy, like very low stakes. I mean, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Like I 
didn't have any anxiety reading this book, really. Like, their big baddie was a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's amazing. Yeah, not a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you. Very low stakes. It was an easy, light read. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much thought took place. Yeah, but I liked that. Okay, well, let's get <laughs> right. into it. Why don't you um, kind of talk about what tips, okay, what it was. Okay, so... Like. Yeah. The, the summary on Goodreads for the very secret society of irregular witches, which, by the way, just reading the title, I thought it had to do with, like, menstrual cycles and that they were irregular I witches. I thought that they would That's, all be, like, disabled. That was <laughs> That's actually a good one, too. Okay, so let's get into it. So, the summary is, as one of the few witches in Britain, Mika Moon knows she has to hide her magic, keep her head down, and stay away from other witches so their powers don't mingle and draw attention. And as an orphan who lost her parents at a young age and was raised by strangers, she's used to being alone and she follows the rules. With one exception. An online account, I think it was TikTok, Um, where she posts Mm -hmm. videos pretending to be a witch. She thinks no one will take it seriously, but someone does. An unexpected message begging her to travel to the remote and mysterious nowhere house to teach three young witches how to control their magic. It breaks all of the rules, but Mika goes anyway and is immediately tangled up in the lives and secrets of not only three charges, but also an absent archaeologist, a retired actor, actor two long-suffering caretakers and jamie the handsome and prickly librarian of nowhere house he would do anything to protect his children and as far as he's concerned a stranger like mika is a threat an irritating appealing threat so as mika begins to find her place at nowhere house the thought of belonging begins to feel like a real possibility but magic isn't the only danger in the world, and when a threat comes knocking at their door, Mika will need to decide whether to risk everything to protect a found family she didn't know she was looking for. It's a really long summary, really and I feel like, <laughs> and I feel like you basically the, read the book. <laughs> I exactly. I feel like I read the book this just is why from that. <laughs> I I don't read the plots. Like I don't read any synopsis before we even pick our books. I think I just go. I just somebody asked me, how do we pick the books? for um our podcast and I just told them it has to be a woman author I really only Mm -hmm. enjoy reading books written by women I'm sorry um and uh it has to be uh fiction and I usually am like I'm usually choosing based off of like TikTok recommendations or or like bookstagram recommendations um, and then I'll look on Goodreads and be like, is it over like three and a half stars? <laughs> and we'll give that a shot. I mean, that's how do important. you, that's how, how, how do you like pick? I mean, yeah. So, so same. Yeah. Um, I follow some, um, social media, media, like book clubs. And so they'll usually, you know, say like, you have to read this or, mm. you know, I couldn't put it down. And so same, pretty yeah. much the same. Yeah. But I like to go into it totally blind because I don't. Um, I also don't like spoilers for like movies and things. I want to be surprised as I go. And I think if I knew, if I had read that entire synopsis, I would be waiting for like the next portion of the plot to unfold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was usually, really no, it was really lengthy. I usually read the synopsis, but I didn't with this one. And I'm glad because mm. if I did, I wouldn't have read the book. Really? If, yeah. Okay. Because I feel like everything was said right there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's go through. Um, in this book, um, in order to be a witch, you have to be an orphan. Now, I feel like this, this like magical system of you have to be an orphan to be a witch. It wasn't like really fully explained. And does this book have a sequel, or do we know if there's like any other? Is this a standalone book? Because yes. that was not like explored at all. There's a big, Mm -hmm. apparently at the end, she mentions how like some spell went wrong. And so now when a witch is born at some point, her parents both die. Mm -hmm. And then she's either raised by relatives or abducted into some kind of a family. Yeah. (laughs) Primrose comes and takes you. So um, I just, I wished that that was fleshed out more because I was like, well, you know, can we, 
I thought that that's where the plot was going to go because I was like, that's pretty terrible. Wouldn't she want to try and figure out like how to reverse that spell or get, you know, some, I thought there was going to be some overarching, you know, plot about that. Yeah. I'm, it I'm actually, important. I'm glad that you mentioned that because I think this is the problem I had with the book is I felt like it was really choppy. There were all mm. these ideas, but mm. they didn't like, mesh together see like I I didn't I didn't feel it was so choppy but I just there was like loose ends that were pretty big like that was like a not just a loose end that was like a loose rope (laughs) I feel like that was that could have been where this whole book was gonna go like her her um exploration of like trying to figure out that spell and how to reverse it so that we could prevent like future orphan children who are witches and that would be like the that was going to be the plot like she was not only going to protect these three kids but also prevent other kids from having to go through the same thing as everybody else so I don't know uh Sangu if you are planning to write more in in this world but I want a sequel yeah I would want a sequel (laughs) I would want answers but the thing is like this book was very cozy and like very low like I said low stakes like I liked that about it um, and I think that obviously if she had gone on this big quest and I'm sure there would have been like one really bad thing that she would come up that was what would have been much more epic. Like that's an, more of an epic fantasy, I think, if she had this lo- this really large overarching plot that she was like sort of reaching. And so I don't think that was the point of this book. Like this book was not really meant for to go down that road. But then it just made it a little bit harder to sort of stay in the here and now of the book of like, okay, well, we're just going to accept this mechanic of, I'm sorry, you want to be a witch? Your parents have to die. (laughs) It's not even a choice. It just happens. Like that's, that kind of sucks. What about the other, what about the other thing? Like if too many witches gather in one place, like something bad happens, but it wasn't really fully, yeah, it wasn't really fully fleshed out or explained really. Um, And like, the magic gathers more, but you can keep it under control. If that's the case, yeah. then why are they not doing it? Is it just because the person in charge, Primrose, is like really super conservative? Is that the problem? Like she had one bad experience, and that was the last straw. But it, I mean, and she grew up with her sister, to... and her sister was a witch. Yeah, and she went to uh, lunch with Mika. Yeah, and I mean, they, I guess they can they do all... it for short periods, but like they're not supposed to do it for long periods of time, apparently. But still, like, I, I was just, like, a little bit more development on that. Yeah, I know, agree. Topic. That would have that been, that would have been something that I would have enjoyed as well. Just yeah. because it felt like, again, a pretty big loose, like, we were just going to buy in. We had to just buy into it to, like, believe the rest of the story. Right. And so it would have been nice to have more, um, like, this could have had a sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that went beyond. Followed through. That went beyond Nowhere House. Yeah. So basically, so, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, yeah, I, I guess I would have liked to just maybe have 10 more pages with, mm-hmm. you know, Mika goes to, like, tutor these three witches. Mm-hmm. They're all living together. Mm-hmm. There's four witches at this point, mm-hmm. and they've been living together for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. I would have liked 10 more pages to tell me, like, what happened mm-hmm. because they had been living together for so long. Just You're right, because they didn't bit. really give us an epilogue the same way no. that we were expect, like we would expect for a different book. Maybe that means I, that there, maybe there will be a sequel or something because there was no, it was left at that sort of loose point where she they saved them okay maybe we should talk about like the actual plot of the book so So, that plot is kind of what was said in the summary right there's Mm -hmm. this mika moon Mm -hmm. very cheesy name Mm -hmm. she got to pick it herself right or somebody gave it to her because that wasn't her real last name yeah that was her she's indian adopted name yeah Yeah. so you know she uh, you know is this witch and she has to keep it under wraps but the only time she can kind of like explore a little bit more or be a little whimsical is like these TikTok videos. And I guess that has been like a huge problem for her adopted like not that much of a problem. Mother? Yeah, it's not like not yeah. that much of a problem. Like she's like, you should probably it's not do that. Yeah. yeah, it's just annoying to her adopted witch mother. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to yeah. call her, but her name is Primrose, mm-hmm. and she is super conservative, pa- very placed by the rules, very old. Mm-hmm. She reminds me of, um, I'm, 
you know that uh, that I, the reservation desk lady in Home Alone Two. No. That old lady. <laughs> she reminds me of her. Just really old and wrinkly, and just has a sour look on her face all the time. That's she what I picture. She's giving me more like Professor McGonagall vibe. <gasps> but yeah. she's so. Professor McGonagall is like, like amazing. I, that's what I was. So, ima- no. I was imagining Maggie Smith like playing Primrose. Like not <laughs> Professor McGonagall. I take it back. But like you know, she's a witch, and Maggie Smith as a like an ancient witch. It's perfect. So I was imagining more of that, like, stern, but also has, like, small kindnesses. And I actually thought that was an interesting um, theme of the book. It's, like, kindness versus niceness. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you can be nice but not kind and kind but not nice. Or neither. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or both. Um, True. And and it's fun to try to categorize people that you know into those buckets. I did (laughs) find myself doing that a little bit. But I feel like I'm neither. To... I'm just kind of a bitch. Oh, I mean, same. But I'm saying I'm comparing other yes. people to that, yes. right? Other people I know. <laughs> but to go back to the story, you know, there's like this whole, I guess, in London mm-hmm. only they're having this like book club kind of mm-hmm. group. Well, it's like a get together. Yeah. Just... Well, there's social gathering where all the witches in London, like, or the surrounding areas of London kind of like meet up once every three months, three or four months, mm-hmm. but that's only the, you know, London or the nearby areas. And you can and opt out of it. You don't have to. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't have to come. And I guess a big complaint that those witches had was it's really difficult. I have to keep you know, me being a witch to myself, my partner doesn't know about it, like nobody else in my life knows about it, except for you guys mm-hmm. that I'm here with. And yeah. so I guess Mika was just like, I don't understand why we have to keep this a secret. And so that's where her outlet was her TikTok videos. Yeah. And then, you know, hundreds of miles away, there's this nowhere house that has, you know, three young witches and three adults three or four adults four adults Mm -hmm. and they're watching these tiktok videos and then kind of like discover mika moon and i guess kind of um can tell that she's a witch and so they like slide into her dms Mm -hmm. and message her yeah ian can yeah he grew up with like a he had a witch mom his mom yeah Yeah. and so he can kind of see the gold dust of magic even in her tiktok videos yes so he like you know, messages her privately saying, hey, we need a tutor. And basically she, Which you know, kind of, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And she was a little, in, at first she was kind of like, no, but I guess he was persistent. And also and her, so she, her magic like nudged her towards it, right? Like yes, she felt yeah. this nudge to like answer and meet up. Yes. And so, yeah. So then she drives all the way out there in her, car that's called broomstick. the broomstick which i thought was so cheesy <laughs> it could be looked at as i cute, loved it i, I, I liked it's it it's really cheesy it gets her from place to place <laughs> and she meets up with them mm-hmm. and he kind of lays it all out and he, you know he's the lovable guy that's he's like an like eight, really uh, very welcoming. elderly like quirky gay white man who is married to yeah, the groundskeeper they... named Ken, who's Japanese. I just loved the representation mm-hmm. in this book. First of all, we have a brown woman yes, author. Yes, it was really diverse. Yes. And then a brown girl who as was our main character. And then we had, like, very diverse, like, the, the three orphaned witches that are the charges. One is, um, where was she from, the first one? What? I think... Rosetta. Um, the first one is Asian. No, no, she's African, and then oh. and then Terracotta is the middle one, and she's Vietnamese. And oh, then that's right. The third one is I think Palestinian. Something Altamira. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we so you know Mika goes out and meets these people, and of course you know Ian is very welcoming, but mm-hmm. the other three adults, Ken, Lucy, and Jamie, are kind of like standoffish and mm-hmm. really hesitant to let especially her in, Jamie yes mm-hmm. especially Jamie mm-hmm. which Mika says like oh my god he's so handsome right mm-hmm. from when she meets him mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. right and so Ian basically convinces the other adults to allow Mika to tutor them 
to the witches and she meets the witches she sees that they have magic all around them the gold dust um and things like that and, and like one of, of the girls like lights lights her climbing rope on fire with witch fire yeah. which yeah. was and then just can't control it which is like seems pretty dangerous but apparently witch fire only burns under a cauldron but it doesn't actually yeah. burn anything else this was news to me Maybe I'm not, like, deep in witch talk myself to understand yeah. anything about witch fire. But that was news to me. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. So, again, there wasn't, like, tell us more yeah. or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And so, basically, Ian just tells the story of, you know, we really need you, Mika Moon, to tutor these witches because their magic is... Um, they can't control it because they're so young. They've never had anybody to tell them how to control it or anything and like that. they have a deadline because... They have a deadline because the lady that adopted them, mm-hmm. she ha- is on like a archaeology assignment somewhere mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. and she has um, a solicitor that is coming to their house to find some paperwork and... Ian and the other adults are afraid that these three witches that can't control their power or their magic is going to, they're going to do something to make yeah, the solicitor so apparently, uh, So anxious. a solicitor is the, uh, like the English Edward. word for lawyer. Yeah. And basically they're afraid that this guy is like very by the books and very straight laced and very much um, Uncle uh, Dursley <laughs> anti-magic. <laughs> You remember for Harry Potter? I'm giving all of the Harry Potter Vernon. references. Yeah, Vernon Uncle Dursley. Vernon. Uncle Vernon. Dursley. And, yeah. um, and like, that's the vibe, I think, we're getting from that lawyer that they're very afraid of. So that's our big bad, is that we have a a lawyer coming in six weeks to, like, get some paperwork, and we don't want to, like, light him on fire or, um, you know, do anything witchy because that'll tip him off and he's going to call the police and that's going to cause a big stir. So that's that, supposedly... That'll separate the witches, the girls, yes, the little because witch girls. the rest of the witch community would find out and they're not allowed... The three witch girls are not supposed to be together. They would be separated to different houses, right. which they don't want to avoid. Right. So Mika hears this and she's like, okay, I'll think about it. She drives back to her apartment pretty much immediately signs the contract, mm-hmm. packs up and drives mm-hmm, back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she lives with them. Mm-hmm. So I had a problem with that because she didn't vet them I, I for a safety. Why, oh. why, why didn't you, you're, you're a witch. Why didn't you vet she them? She vibes, man. Magic and vibes. I mean, I feel like I would probably be feel, really feeling really comfortable around Ian. You know, he just, sure. he but just seemed like other- really great. Sure. Okay, I agree with you, but Jamie, while handsome, he was grumpy, and I don't know what he's going to do to me. He Hopefully doesn't a want lot. me to be here. <laughs> <laughs> but he clearly doesn't want me here, and so why why wouldn't I vet them? I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't understand that part. I know you and I would, would Google the hell out of them. You would. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You would do a background check and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. again, she's going on vibes and like feeling and that's fine. She's a witch. She's allowed to do that. Right. Her witch, her witchy senses tell her that it's a good idea. So she's like, okay, fine. I'm moving right in. <laughs> Backing up and everything. Apparently, apparently it, it also aligns with she was you know, coming up on her lease ending mm-hmm. in her apartment. Yeah. So all those things I get, the stars aligned, but still I would have done a Google search. There was like this lovely something. introduction to a neighbor that she had at her old apartment who like fell in love with her dog. And he he was like a great character and he was there for like two pages. And then I felt a little yeah. bit sad that we didn't come back to him. Like don't give yeah. him so much airtime on those two pages where I was like, I love this character. And then he was gone forever, and we never see him again. Yeah, I don't even remember his name. I don't remember his name either, but he was, like, in love with the dog and not her. He's also very handsome, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, give me more of these, like, hot people. Exactly. Thank you. So Mika goes back to the house. She moves in, and one of the girl, which is Terracotta, is extremely standoffish and Mm -hmm. rude and doesn't want anything to do with Mika, Mm -hmm. whereas the other two... Rosetta and Altamira, they're like super excited. Mm-hmm. They can't wait um, to begin the tutoring, mm-hmm. you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mika's 
getting settled in and there's just like some crazy things yeah, that are happening. Just little hijinks. Just yeah. little magical little hijinks. hijinks. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting um, that she like, so this book has romance in it, obviously, between Jamie and, uh, and Mika. And it's like a very obvious like grumpy sunshine trope that we love. And I actually, I married a grumpy and I wouldn't say that I'm sunshine. I'm sunshine sometimes. I'm also, I'm also a bitch, but (laughs) sometimes, but you know, I feel like that I'm usually in a good mood and my husband's usually grumpy and that's usually our thing. So I love a grumpy sunshine trope. I was like ready and waiting for this to come to fruition. I, I'll admit I was also very Mm -hmm. excited about, about this specific specific part. And then, (laughs) yeah, I think that it was interesting because um, I think I told you before on the podcast too that like I like to imagine myself as the main character as I'm reading like mm-hmm. I put myself in their shoes it was really hard for me to be in Mika's shoes because she's so goddamn nice like she's so nice yeah, and she's so true. sweet and like how she's treating the girls especially the one who's horrible to her the middle one terracotta who doesn't want her to be there like she's so understanding of like where she's coming from like I forgive you for these things because I know that you're just trying to protect your family mm-hmm. and she's like so nice about it and I really wish that I could be more Mika like because for mm-hmm. me I'd be like fuck that kid yeah <laughs> that same. Like- <laughs> I was actually just about to comment on that like that that was something that you know obviously we all need to be a little bit nicer and mm-hmm. kinder but I that was something that really bothered me because I didn't feel like it was realistic like it's well, not maybe reality. it's not realistic for us. Like I know people who are, n- are nicer than me. <laughs> that would maybe have I did, that I same. I do too, but not 100% of the time. Yeah. I mean, but it was also mentioned that like Mika uses that kindness as a sort of a mask, like her cheeriness mm-hmm. and her sunshininess is sort of a mask to f- hide some of her deeper feelings. Um, I think that the main deep feeling that she has in her life is like loneliness. And I think that a lot mm-hmm. of her choices are coming down to coming from a place of of like real loneliness because mm-hmm. she grew up orphaned and Prim- Primrose, her adopted witch mother or whatever, did not like checked on, on in on her very only very occasionally. And um, she didn't have a lot of love. And I think one of the traumatic pieces that we find out about Mika is that she was um, she was raised by different nannies and tutors. They would come through, and as soon as she did something magical, um, they would try to use her to do like bad things, like mm-hmm. pull money like, out exploit of her. exploit yeah. her, pull money out of ATMs and things like that. And then when this would happen, Primrose would pop by and erase their memories, not only of her magic, but also of her entirely. So she has this like litany of adults that she had help raise her who do not remember her existence and that to me was like such a sad and scary thought like that like mm-hmm. con- congratulations Sangu that's like a a a a fear I never thought that I would have because I never <laughs> would have thought of it myself but like how terrifying is that to grow yeah. up like that just like so yeah. many people that came through and you just don't remember them exactly I mean I think or you I, remember yeah, them they but- don't remember you yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, that was another huge theme in the book is that she's lonely mm-hmm. and maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why she exerts this kindness to everybody mm-hmm. because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. I still I still had a problem with it. <laughs> just say something. And you're magical. You could have like just smacked her. But her magic is is like is potion magic. Like she's the best at that apparently like she's great at making potions she's great at making teas and like her ultimate dream is to like own a little tea shop that sells Mm -hmm. potions and tea mixes and things like that she has a tea for luck and a tea for easing menstruation and things like that (laughs) speaking of irregular witches (laughs) (laughs) we'll all be regular witches soon (laughs) exactly maybe the next the sequel yes. can be regular. <laughs> the book about my period getting back on track. <laughs> well, just going through the story, as you said, there's so many little hijinks, and I kind of thought that it was slow. Mm-hmm. You know, how many hijinks can you have until you get to the, the, the real meat, meat of mm-hmm. the story? And I think 
you know, it, it was very close to when this solicitor or lawyer mm-hmm. was coming mm-hmm. to visit where shit kind of hit the fan mm-hmm. and she learned why she was really well, there. Before that so, happens, like, she starts to have more romance with Jamie. Like, yes. he apparently, like came in on her one night and would just like come up into the attic where she was living in this amazing and attic. drink whiskey. Yeah, and drink whiskey. <laughs> that could have been the other beverage, but they only did it once. And mm-hmm. like she basically told him that everybody is made out of stardust and it like made him... He loved it. He loved that. And he then he wanted to, to jump her bones immediately. But, but of course, he didn't. He didn't you know. It's a slow burn. It's a, it's a slower slower burn. Very slow it wasn't burn. That, it wasn't that slow. I finished this in like a day and a half, so... I thought it was a slow burn. <laughs> I, I felt like there were missed opportunities. Of course. Um, if he lives downstairs and you live in the that's attic and you guys that's could have just I been boning the burn. entire time. Exactly. Yes. That's what I mean yeah. by slow burn. Yeah. You're so, just an attic well, away. <laughs> while that's going on with Jamie, like I said, you know, the, the days are coming closer to when Edward, the solicitor, is coming to visit and... You know, she's trying to get the three girls up to par. And, uh, you know, she she's successful with a couple of things. Like, yeah. I think the girl, she taught the girls how to move things yeah. with their with their mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and there's they not became, much that she could do, like, in six weeks. Yeah. So she tried to do as much as she could. Mm-hmm. But then that uh, middle one, Terracotta, the one that was, like, just giving her grief, mm-hmm. like tries to levitate mm-hmm. is that what happened yeah she was levitating and she's not yeah. supposed to levitate because she could blow away in the wind yeah <laughs> or do so. something crazy or somebody would see them or she'd go past the wards and so yeah um so mika like gets into some sort of an aerial fight with her with mm-hmm. their magic and tries to bring her down and then like lightning strikes but mm-hmm. mika directs the lightning Instead of to her. both of them to just her. <laughs> and so she falls to the ground and she goes into hibernation where like a little leaf starts to grow out of her throat. I needed that more. That made me laugh so I mean, hard. I just needed more. You know, I wanted to know more about this leaf. I wanted to know more about the mechanics of hibernation and why it happens and when it happens and all that stuff. I know yeah. I understand that it's like when too much magic happens, but like what's the significance of the leaf? Like mm-hmm. what's what is going on? But it was fine. So she was asleep yeah. for, you know, a certain amount of time. What a happened during day. that time? Yeah. Each yeah. Time. So, you know, the uh, adults were super worried and terracotta felt terrible mm-hmm. about it. And so, you know, everybody is kind of like on the edge of their seats waiting for Mika to wake up. She finally wakes up and Jamie is by her side, oh. apparently. Oh, yeah. Apparently he has... He says that they were all taking shifts and watching her, but he was there the entire time. Totally. So, you know, a little, little romantic. A little romantic, there. yeah. <laughs> Loved that. Yeah, that that was actually really cute. Um, so yeah, we find out the real reason why Ian and the gang brought her over, and you know, they've been kind of. I wouldn't say lying, because I feel like lying is a little harsh, but they, they kept some things from her, uh, right? Some big things. <laughs> yeah. But, but again, I don't want to say lying, yeah. but yeah, they so, kept some so what happened? big, she, big she, things. Before that happens, she goes and meets Primrose for, like, tea. Yes. And, um, and so she goes to meet Primrose for tea, and then what happens? Like, they have some sort of an altercation. So, basically, you know, she's been in bed for, I don't know, 24 or 48 hours or something. Mm -hmm. She's not feeling her best. Mm -hmm. And she gets an invite from Primrose to, hey, let's go have lunch. Every, all the adults in the house are kind of like, uh, you know, you're still really weak. I don't think you should go. But she makes the case like, hey, if I don't go, then Primrose will think something's up. Mm -hmm. And remember, they have to keep everything quiet, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's three witches living Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. So she goes to meet Primrose and um, yeah, there was like a little What was their conversation about? You know, it was actually not that bad. Primrose was kind of talking more about their history. Like, you know, yeah. And the spell. And she was talking about the spell. Exactly. She was getting like some more. spell that goes wrong. Yes, she yeah. was getting some more, like, background on why mm-hmm. witches can't be together. Mm-hmm. Again, 
just asking out of her own mm-hmm. curiosity, even though the real reason was, you know, trying to protect those girls. And when she left the launch, she suddenly became really weak, mm-hmm. right? And so, she used, like, a speed spell to, like, get there faster, yeah. and she was just totally and drained. drained her, yeah. And so, you know, she gets to her car, and she's, like, totally weak and slumped down in the car seat, mm-hmm. and... Jamie is there, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hello." He opens I'm here the door. To take you back. I know, yeah. and he like scooches her over, and she's like delirious, and like says mm-hmm. some like sort of uh, sexual things at him, and asks him to kiss her or something like that. He and rejects her. Rejects her because she's like, you know, delirious. Delirious. Yeah. So she's pretty upset about that. Yes. But they make it back home, mm-hmm. and. Um, isn't that when they reveal to her why they Mm-mm. really asked her to come? No, she has like some sort of a Maybe makeout session day? with Jamie oh, in yeah. the woods first, which was in wait, the rain. In the rain, yes, yeah. in the woods. And was that on the way home? It might have been. Yeah, it was so, on the way home because yeah. she, she got like they McDonald's stopped. or something, so she was refueled. Yes, he stopped for chips. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but still, you know, I feel like. She, they got home, she slept, got good rest, right? I don't remember what happens exactly after that. I just know, we can skip ahead because there's just like a lot of details. Like basically yeah. you find out that um, the there is some like sunflowers that are growing out of season. And when she comes home one day, she finds that the sunflowers have like risen out of their bed and in underneath them is... <laughs> bones like the bones and she's like what what the hell is this and it was basically the bones of Lillian who Lillian is the um the adopted the one who's supposed to be an archaeologist and like off on some assignment and the one who adopted the kids and whose house this is and whose whose lawyer is the one coming to sort out the paperwork she's actually dead she died sometime like in the summertime and they have been trying to put off the lawyer from coming because the will states that the kids are to go to her sister which they've never met um Mm -hmm. in the case of her death like everything else goes to like ian and ken and lucy and jamie they all get the house and the grounds and all that stuff but the kids are to be going to her sister because her she felt like it was important that the girls were raised by a witch Mm -hmm. um which is interesting because it's not doesn't seem like lillian had much hand in raising those kids herself it seemed yeah. like all these other but so but in the case of her death it must go to a witch and of course at yeah. that time um mika was not part of the picture and so mm-hmm. everyone was just like well we don't want our girls that we love that's part of our family to just go to some random gr- woman we've never met and who knows maybe that person will f- abide by the witch's rules of separating the kids mm-hmm. so they have been trying to avoid um, the inevitable, like, a, it's, like, apparently a, like, super tightly written will. There's no getting around it. They've already asked. Jamie's already looked. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And right. so, um, basically, they tell her the truth, which is, like, that's the reason why she's dead. And we didn't want to report her death so we because then the lawyer would come sooner and enact the will. And so they just buried her in their property. Backyard. Yeah, which is – and then, you know, if, if they were to get – you know, if the police were to be called by the – so this is where the big baddie – I understand it more why the lawyer was scary because if the lawyer came, not only would he separate the kids, but they – they would be like, well, where is her? Where is she? Where did she die? Where is her body? And then they would call the police and they would find the buried They would all go to jail. Roommates. I know. They would all <laughs> go to jail for her murder. And or maybe not murder, but like it would. It seems very suspicious. Yeah. And she's so decomposed. She's just bones at this point. They wouldn't even be able to find out if it was murder or not. It was just so suspicious. Right. But it's funny because they talk about these sunflowers that are like so blooming beautiful. and mm-hmm. beautiful and, and like it's winter because mm-hmm. there's bo- bones there there's a body <laughs> that was that was feeding these sunflowers yeah nurturing <laughs> gross the, the sunflowers so you know they mika finds out this true story she's really upset mm-hmm. she feels used mm-hmm. and so she like runs away or mm-hmm. goes back to she goes to, Ro- to her old primrose's house. house yeah that she grew up in the lonely yeah. one yeah and when she's there she's just kind of like 
trying to remember the past and, you know, still really hurt and just, I, I think she comes to like an epiphany, like, you know, I was really happy when I was over there mm-hmm. and this is the house that's really lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think she feels like, I don't know how I could stay here. Mm-hmm. And then who knocks on her door? Somebody. Was it Jamie? Yeah, it was Jamie. <laughs> and oh yeah, that's like, where they do it. Match- okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jamie magically knocks on her door. I think it's like raining again yes, or something. Sure. And he ma- knocks on her door and he's like, please come back. We miss you. Like, you know, I understand that you felt like we lied to you, but this is the only way we can get you to come here. Mm-hmm. It's just like all these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then and they, she was able to like appreciate that, and she sh- yeah. certainly appreciated him. Yes, that is true. <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> it was actually funny because there was like this is where the little bit of spice that we have in in the story comes to play. There's like this nice, and it was like pretty graphic for like yeah. the fact that there was no spice anywhere else and no spice mm-hmm. past this. There was one chapter of spice in this book. Um, mm-hmm. And it was pretty good. I mean, I would say uh, I will rate it later for a number of stars mm-hmm. for spiciness. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was it was a good it was a good chapter. It, yeah. it felt like a good culmination of their uh, slow burn romance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I feel like we've we've come close to the end here mm-hmm. right they go back they go, they back, go back to the nowhere house but they're late uh, when they get there they thought the yeah. the lawyer was going to come in the afternoon uh, so they're, he's there he's already there and when he yeah. got there apparently the bones of Lillian were reanimated by these kids who were learning reanimation yeah and it was, and like, was like wearing her clothes and opening the door and rattling around and <laughs> then they ended up locking him in the shed <laughs> because yeah. he figured out that they you know yeah. So that there was something yeah. suspicious. Exactly. Going on. So they were trying to figure out what to do with him besides murdering him, and they ended up. Uh, she ended up just calling an audible and calling Primrose, and mm-hmm. um, because Primrose can adjust memory. Right? Yep, and that's her specialty. Her specialty is yeah, erasing memory. Erasing memory. So. So, so she shows up, and da da da. The surprise is everyone's like Lillian is here, and they're like, no, this is Primrose, and apparently Lillian and Primrose were identical twin sisters very mm-hmm. convenient and mm-hmm. uh and so they realized that primrose is actually peony and lillian was what was she before lily or something lily like, lily. lily not a yeah. big difference yeah and um and so primrose agrees um Prim- primrose agrees to uh uh basically take lillian's place with the lawyer and then she comes and like fires the lawyer and the lawyer leaves and mm-hmm. and they've basically convinced Primrose that they can raise the kids all together and that would be okay and that convincing didn't take very much convincing in my opinion like yeah <laughs> for somebody who's a lifelong this is the way it is this is how witches yeah. do things the fact that like you know 10 minutes of sweet talking in an afternoon was enough to be like no this is how we're gonna do things now and this is the yeah. new way of doing things I had had a big problem with that mm-hmm. because that was the theme of the mm-hmm. whole book is that we can't you know, be together. Can't, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, all in all, they are happy yes. and they all live together. Yes, they all live together. That was the story. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the end. The end. <laughs> but, you know, like, OK, that doesn't seem like I mean, it doesn't seem like a big and there were a lot of loose ends, but I liked it. Like it felt cozy to me. I was happy. I got my happy ending. Um, I didn't go through like any anxious moments. Like there wasn't a part where I was like, I need to rip through this so that I can you know, get, you know, rip the bandaid off of like the scary part so I can get to the part after. Like that happens to me in most like epic fantasies that I read. Like there's war, or there's something crazy going on or like she gets, somebody gets locked in a dungeon or, you know, somebody, somebody's getting tortured. Like how are you going to get out of this? Like this was so much nicer than that for my nerves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I felt like I, for going back to mm-hmm. I I really felt like it was really choppy because mm-hmm. I felt like this was geared like geared towards like young adults but then some parts but some were, parts were adult like adult yeah. yeah and so I was just like pick one pick, pick I, a lane. it just felt like it yeah it just kept going back and forth and 
that that's why it felt it was really choppy. I just finished a book called Legends and Lattes, which is another cozy fantasy, low stakes cozy fantasy. That's what they called it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wouldn't nominate that for book for uh, um, BBB um, podcast because it was written by um, Travis Baldry, who's a, a man. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no boys allowed. Uh, boys are allowed to listen, but we're not going to um, we're not going to read any books written by men. I hate the way books written by men how they write women that's my biggest problem mm-hmm. with it although the book that I read Legends of Lattes w- the main character was a woman and it was fine and I think the reason why was because like there wasn't very much sexual stuff going on like I just can't with that if it's written mm-hmm. from a ma- male's perspective of a female's perspective it, they don't get it right but anyway mm-hmm. it was the same vibe I read that like right before I read this book and it was just like just felt good you know there's nothing mm-hmm. crazy I didn't have any anxiety like cortisol levels stayed low <laughs> everything was nice serotonin high cortisol low it was good book so this is how I felt about this one yeah I mean I again I agree with you it was cozy I just I think I was like wanting a little bit more more. okay let's go into maybe let's go into ratings now um let's start with plot um I would say the plot was um three and a half to four out of five because I I know you you're gonna say it's different <laughs> I liked it I thought it was nice I thought it like again for what it's trying to accomplish I felt like it accomplished that you got a small plot that we got through the whole thing there were like offshoots that we felt like should have been explored but maybe not for this book maybe those offshoots are for a different book or for a sequel or maybe they're just not to be explored and that's too bad because I liked this world I wish it were more fleshed out so that I could be in it longer and that's great if I felt that way I feel like that is a good feeling to have about a book because there's a lot of books that I'll close and be like I'm not revisiting that and I don't want to but I didn't feel that way I wanted more and that gives me that three and a half to four star for plot I would have to give it like a two, maybe two and a half, because I, I can't get past, yes, one plot was developed, yes. all the other things weren't, and I couldn't get past that. Okay. Like, I I have questions yeah. that will never be answered, and I don't like, I don't like reading a book and not having my questions answered. Answered, yeah. I can yeah. suspend disbelief to some degree, so that was fine for me. Okay, let's talk about writing. Um, I would say this is a four out of five for me, like smooth, easy to read. Um, I didn't have any major issues with her writing style. I liked it. Not too much description. Not something I personally don't like flowery description. Um, and again, it, it fit the theme and fit the feeling of the book. So for me, that's a four out of five. Um, I'll, I agree with you. I wouldn't give it that high of a rating, but I'll give it a nice three. Okay. And then for Spice, I am giving it a one out of five stars because there was only one brief chapter and we didn't get a lot of thrusting. It was just like one. It was like, like it was, it was spicier than I was expecting. I think from like the feel of the book, I thought it was going to be a lot more of a fade to black. So I was surprised by even the one star that we got. I'm pleasantly surprised. She did a great job writing it, but um, it could have been more. But maybe that will be for further books. She did a fine job. I, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I, I gave it a one yeah. also. All right. For overall, I gave it a four out of five. I know you may not agree with that, but I liked it. It kept me um, engaged. I enjoyed the plot. And um, this is actually a book I'd probably, I would consider reading again in like a few years when when it's like, just if I wanted something cozy that wasn't going to give my give me heart palpitations. Mindless. Yeah. Not necessarily mindless because it's it was nice. I liked the feel of it and I liked being in the book. I liked being part of that world that she created. And so for me, um, that goes a long way. I know that there were like plot holes and things like that. But for me, if I want to be in your book and I want to stay there and I wish there was more of it, I can't give you less than a four. You know, that's my that's my opinion. I gave it, I felt like I was being really generous and I gave it a two. And the reason why I gave it a two is, like I mentioned, there were things that were not answered. But I, again, I feel like it was very generous. I like the magical world. Like I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. So it did bring me Into like that. back to that. Yeah. yeah, it gave, it brought me to that. And I was like really happy with it. 
very nice, easy read, mm-hmm. but I felt like there was like an identity crisis <laughs> with the read, like what's my age group of readers that yeah. I want to write this to. And, and so again, I'm being very generous with the two. That is but... funny that you felt. <laughs> I, I think that you, and this is what's interesting about our podcast. I know that you are much harsher, greater for books than I am. Like I, yes. I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing. I feel like you are abnormally harsh, <laughs> but that's kind of fun Probably. because we don't have the same opinion and that's part yeah. of what makes this is like this great. Yeah. Like I, I think I'm a little bit more forgiving, but um, I have to be able to finish your book. Like that's the main thing for mm-hmm. me. If I finish your book, like you're automatically getting over two stars. You know, a do not finish for me is a zero to one star. You can't even give zero stars on, on Goodreads. Um, but if I like liked your book, like I'm get I'm going to give over two. That's for sure. Like it, it for sure. But you know, we, we're on a different scale. I can't wait to find mm-hmm. out what your next, wait, like if we can read a five star book for you, because I have a feeling that it's very hard. We're, yeah. We're not going to get to one. <laughs> I think I, I think I've in all the books I've read, even in the past year, yeah. in all the books I read, I think I've given one book five stars. And that's because, again, my criteria, all my questions are answered, mm. all the characters are developed. I mean, I have a list of things that I like, and I like it to be wrapped up in a nice bow and given to me. Yeah, that's fine. You will always be searching for your five star book, and uh, I'm yes. just hoping to finish <laughs> a book. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't do not finish a lot of books, but enough, I would say probably like, I will DNF like 15 to 20% of the books that I start if I oh, don't do really? a good job. Yeah. If they don't do it, if I don't do a good job of like vetting it first, or like if the writing style is not like to my taste, um, See, this I would rather where, not struggle through. This is where I think I'm more forgiving mm-hmm. because I... Oh, even if it's a zero star book, I will always finish a book because I, know I think that it's like you. a, it's like a respect kind of thing. If somebody has taken the time to write it, I want to respect them for doing that. Oh gosh, we are so, <laughs> so different. I, I read it. <laughs> I'll give it zero stars, so, but I will I mean, read it. That is very funny to me. I love that though. Okay, so um, let's talk about um, the next, the next book. Yeah, so the next book that we're reading, and if you guys want to read along with us, is called For the Wolf, and it's by Hannah F. Witten. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned yeah, stay for that tuned one. That. So um, we hope to probably record that in a couple of weeks. And, yeah. And um, I look forward to probably rating it higher than Jenica. <laughs> I will finish it at least. That's true. <laughs> I, I'm going to finish it no matter what, because even books we don't like, they make for a uh, good conversation. So Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, thanks and hope listening. to see you next time. Happy reading. Happy reading.